Dr. Sue. Dr. Wally. It is 2024. Woohoo! I think. I can't even believe it. You said that and I had to stop and think I, for I a second. The, <laughs> I think both our eyes went what? up and to the left in the recall <laughs> portion of our brain. Like, is that true? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So, we were just talking. We were just talking. The life of a freelance musician. You yeah. got You got all sorts of things going on in your life. Yeah, and it's it's just like not one thing that I can just focus on as a whole bunch of different things and so I just have to That sounds s- terrible. <laughs> I mean it does. It is just it sounds life. stressful. Oh, a little bit, but I've learned to just like just you got to just embrace it because it is what it is if that's what you do. That's so if that's you've made, what if, I do. Look, if you've made those life decisions. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, those are the life decisions that have brought me to this point. So, so lots of different things going on. performances? Yeah, and I've got a, another, like, quote-unquote solo recital with piano, and I'm playing That's with- That's at UNCG. Yes, coming up with soon. With Branford Marsalis. Branford Marsalis is going to play- Hold on, you pick up that name I just uh, Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got yeah. it. And Inara Zandmane, Inana the one and only. The yeah, she's a Wally. fantastic pianist. Pick a pianist. tempo, Wally. That's what she would always say to me. <laughs> is that what you would She would say, and I'll, I, I, I know I've done this before, she would say, like, Wally, I know it says fantasy, but it's not your own personal fantasy. <laughs> Well, there's like a fantasy. Uh, I know, but come like, on. Me, like I just pick a tempo. I don't know. I was really stressed a lot. <laughs> I was really stressed and depressed. I didn't drink a lot. Everybody back then. gets scared when they go into her studio to play. Yeah. Oh, because she's so amazing. So you got a solo result coming up uh, for our North Carolinian or Southeast folks. What's the date of that? Um, let's see. So the date of the recital at UNCG with Branford Marsalis and Inara Zanmane is February 25th. Okay. I think. <laughs> You'll figure it out. It's in my You'll just calendar. keep showing up oh at, the, God, at the event until they tell you to play. I, you know, I keep I keep a whole document on my music stand with what music I need for what dates yeah. because February's insane this year. Usually February's like uh, a couple yeah. gigs, but this February. I think it's still coming out of the pandemic mm-hmm. that things are so busy and March is busy and April is busy and things taper off a little bit for me in May. Well, that, but that's, like, that's good. We'll, this, have, we'll have lunch in June then. Mm, let's have lunch before then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll add that to the patchwork quilt. One of the, one of the squares in the patchwork quilt is get together with Wally and have lunch. It's Woo-hoo! always a good time. There's usually yeah. kebabs and some cucumbers. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. So just to be very clear, I'm not making this, but like I. No, no, we go to a restaurant. We good restaurants, and lovely people make this for yeah. us. It's great. Oh yeah, so we, I so enjoy when we get together. It's so fun. I know. Well, speaking of, I had and this dovetails into oh yes, one small thing. Uh, mark your calendars. Uh, you know, I always make f- not make fun of you. Okay, I do make fun of you a little. That you have stuff on your calendar, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like to do stuff. I sit in my in my basement. On uh, March 23rd, yeah. if you're anywhere in the Southeast, after you've gone and see Sue Fancher at the undisclosed date because she can't remember it, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be the uh, guest artist and clinician at the Palmetto Saxophone Festival. So that I was. think that's going to be sponsored by my friend, uh, Dr. Barry McGinnis at Newberry College. Awesome. And there's going to be, I think, like a saxophone ensemble, oh. a master class, and I'm going to do a master class, uh, melodic jazz improvisation made easy. Nice. So between now and then, I have to figure out how to make that easy. <laughs> and doing a recital, which I'm going to yeah. be doing one of the pieces that we're releasing in our free library. No way. Uh, yes. And so I'm incredibly excited about that. Awesome. What but are you playing? I've already told you this. Tell me again. I'm going to be playing. You haven't told them. The, okay. Oh, I see. You're just being a good. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's your straight okay, line, man. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a bright Sheesh. man. No. Uh, the, the handle, <laughs> handle third sonata. 
Fabulous. Yeah. Great. Um, and great, great, so great. It's, it's a just fantastic piece. That's and beautiful. you may know it from a very often um, played uh, Sigurd Rasher transcription. Yeah. But uh, I say we, but you. We've paid to have it professionally kind of, engraved. Yeah, you re-edited it. Re-edited it. You've gone to the fine edited, tooth comb. Say that five times. Re-edited it, re-edited 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, You're good. Yeah. Yeah, I sort toast? of, I put in some articulations and some more dynamic markings and things like that. Don't and be modest. It is a complete makeover. It's, and with de- uh, it's a nice. new level and of understanding well of detail, and beautifully kind of typeset, yeah. and it's going to be yeah. something that is an amazing turn. Now, people think, oh, this is a student piece, and arguably it could be. I don't know. But I every time I've been playing through it, I'm like, I can make a lot more out of that. I've got some hard decisions yeah. to make. Uh, there are lots of pieces, don't you think, that we call student pieces that could be a lot more played in the hands of mm-hmm. professionals. A lot of our quote-unquote student pieces really do deserve to get played. People make fun of them, <laughs> but they're not playing them well. Yeah. I think a lot of times we hate pieces is because we're not performing them at a high level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. The, yeah. And it's great to play them as a student. And then when you get better or more experienced, whatever terminology you want to use, you can go back to those pieces and you find so much more in them. I prefer to say more gooder. Yes. You get more gooder. So, okay. but uh, the <laughs> first piece I think we're going to be able to release in the new for, uh, library of literature is uh, a new edition and editing of... The Sanjolay Dual Contratante. Dual Contratante. Soprano saxophone. This this piece has everything. Yeah. Soprano saxophone. Check. I mean, Alto check. saxophone. Check. check. Piano. Check. Check. Romanticism. Check. Check. Great melodies. Yeah. Great melodies. Fun licks. Fun. Lots of great technique. Uh, you can't help but smile when you play it and when you listen to it. It is. And we had our first rehearsal, <laughs> and I had a blast because I, I I left my what do you call it basement, my <laughs> studio where I work and I S-A teach and headquarters. I, lo- <laughs> I love what I do, yeah. but I was like, oh, I've got a where I have a case, a saxophone case. I have to pack it up. <laughs> well, you had to put a sax in a case. In a case, leave oh, the house. That's so great. You know, remember that, like you know, like reads. Che- I, I had like a NASA. You checklist. had to make sure that you had a neck strap right, and the music. I'm and you joking got in aside, the car. yeah. No, but it's true. When I go out to do anything, I always go through that check. But you don't normally have to do that because everything's and, here at home. And I have colleagues that just come out here, which is yeah, great. Yeah, they come and rehearse here because you've got a fabulous space. There's a lot of dog bombs you gotta you gotta dodge on the way down to the studio um, because of our <laughs> new golden retriever. Oh. The poop to food ratio. The oh. amount of <laughs> it's like the TARDIS. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's bigger, bigger on the inside. inside we yeah. feed it two ounces, uh, you know, like what for every ounce of food, <laughs> there seems to be 16 ounces of fecal matter that comes out of that dog. It's weird. Anyway, but you got to dodge that. I mean, you do. So, but we had a rehearsal <laughs> and I just had a wonderful time. It was fun. And it was such a treat playing with you. And it was my first classical rehearsal in, oh, maybe wow. six, seven years. No. Yeah. Wow. I, I just haven't really done classical saxophone well, in great. forever and a day. And I had so much fun. Yeah. So part of the reason my checklist was like, do I have my classical mouthpiece? Do I have reeds? <laughs> do I need a top hat? What do I, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I knew I needed a metronome. And, a tie and, a- and so I had to like um, drop off my jazz metronome and pick up my classical metronome right? to make sure I had the right one. Because the jazz <laughs> metronomes. Tuner. You had to get the classical tuner. Yeah. Jazz metronomes only going two and four. Where classical <laughs> metronomes, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Jazz metronomes. Four, one, two, three, four. So you got to make sure you have the right metronome. <laughs> yes. And I had a blast. And it was a good rehearsal. You didn't yeah. hit me. No. And it was such a nice music making. It was making. wonderful. And I thought, you know, you and I have both been around the block a few times. Yeah. What? And I thought what would be a great topic today is, 
And I, I'll fully admit, I was having not played classical in a really long time. And then, oh, and then my first kind of back at it is with Susan Fancher. So I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was like, oh, I did not so want to let you down. So like, I got to oh, admit, like, certainly did not. my read conditioning process was, you can see that um, Tupperware container with the 62% oh, yeah. humidity pack. I see it. And like three boxes of reads going. I did not want to, to sound out. Wow, it. you're serious. But I had a lot of fun. And I thought like, man, what? And it was such a pleasant time. Let's talk about the secrets to a great rehearsal. And I think it's a great topic. And when you first said it, I thought, well, that's kind of obvious. And I thought, well, maybe we just think it's obvious because we've been at this for so long. But we've, we've also- screwed it up so many times. Oh, <laughs> I have literally been in, in people leaving. I've been in rehearsals where bad people have left. I've been in rehearsals where people cried. I have been in rehearsals where I've cried. Just sure, like, dear yeah. God, how am I in this ensemble? Yeah. And 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 just, uh, I've been in rehearsals where I saw the upcoming performance and I went with a bag over my head. So yeah. I've been in those bad situations. So yeah. you're looking at me like, oh, no, no, that. I have too. And where we're like, nothing got accomplished and you leave and you're like, what a waste of time. And yeah, what you said, oh my goodness, we're going to have to go on stage you in lose, a week you and we are friends. still not ready. I mean, like yeah, I've seen these, friendships yep, crumble. Totally. But I'm not going to let that happen. And so I had just the best time in rehearsing the, the Saint-Gelais, which everyone's going to get this, this edition for free. And I yeah. believe probably in the next month. I think so. Probably, I think yeah. in the next month. I think we can nail that and down. Then, yeah, yeah, we will send out like a, the, our recording of it, and I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it's a big three movement piece, and what we're putting out um, a new edition of is the first movement, which stands alone really, really, really well. Is. And a lot of times people just play that first movement. It's pretty substantial, actually. It is, and yeah. I will say, because it's, it's so saxophone-centric, that even if you don't have a friend that plays the piano— you could get together with just a soprano and alto player and just have fun playing it by yourself. Yeah, there are no extended like soprano. Uh, uh, sorry, piano solos. Yeah, well, I made sure it. there was no soprano solos. <laughs> There's I, no. <laughs> I, I edited them out when you, you were edited looking. them I out. Gave them to the saxophone. I put part. a couple of them back. In. No, yeah. I'm kidding. But there's yeah, there's no piano like interlude. So right. we play all the time. You almost. I mean, I don't want to say you don't need the piano because it's nice with the piano, but you kind of don't need the piano to play it. To so have a great time. Yeah. yeah or, if a great you, time. If, or if you're a, a sassy saxophonist. Yeah. Uh, you could do both parts and record them yourself for you fun. You could. Yeah. You totally could. It'd be yeah. a lot of fun. So I yeah. really want everyone digging this. And I had such a great time at the rehearsal. Yeah, Playing yeah, next too. to you was like a dream come true. You don't need to say anything. Just let the listeners know it's a dream come true for any of us to play next to Sue Fancher. But- we had some ideas of, of, we talked about what makes a great rehearsal. So what is your yeah. number one? Well, the first thing that came to mind for me, it's probably super obvious, but it's to decide ahead of time what you're actually going to rehearse. Now, if right. you go to an orchestra rehearsal, of course, the conductor's done that. Everybody got a list of what's going to be rehearsed and in, in what order. But when you're in a, a saxophone quartet, you know, you might have a whole pile of music that you're working on for upcoming gigs um, when you when you make your rehearsal plan, I think it's super helpful to say what piece you're going to rehearse. Because I had a student group come in the other day, and they're I asked, okay, what are you guys ready to play? And they just kind of looked at each other, and I thought, whoa. And then, so what'd you practice? Well, we looked at these things. I thought, okay, we need to talk about this. Is this the Dust Quartet? Yes. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Calling you out, And then kids. even with my own quartet, Red Clay, sometimes we'll get to rehearsal and we didn't really clearly enough decide exactly what we're going to play at that rehearsal. So some of us were like, okay, I'm ready to go on this piece. And somebody else would be like, oh, I haven't really practiced that one yet. I've been working on this other piece. And so we're, we're at rehearsal and we're like, oh, we didn't actually communicate 
even professional musicians, we didn't say exactly what right. we were going to focus on first. So have a and plan. so people like focus their individual practice on, on mm -hmm. different pieces. And so that's just not as effective as if we had all said, okay, we're going to hit boom, this piece. And everybody's going to be ready to go right. on it. I think not only the piece, but uh, movement specifics. If you're going to hit yeah. certain movements, I think are yeah. really important, which was great because it was very clear what we were working on because well, that was the only thing I had worked up. But we had said ahead of time, right. we're going to play this Angelay first movement. And that's yep. where I'm going to throw my hat down or the gauntlet or whatever. Get on a soapbox. I'm going to throw a hat whilst donning a gauntlet on top of a soapbox. I love it. That's a phrase. <laughs> Can I put that on a t shirt? That's a thing, sure. That's a thing. <laughs> and I will say, and I've often said, sight reading is not that important to a good musician. And right. here's why the worst ensembles I've played with are generally kind of community big bands run by a couple of older guys with more ego than, than ability. And they have these giant books that they've amassed over the year and you sit down and they just call up these charts and their ego is, because they've already played it 20 times, they At know least. these charts and the new guy sits down and they're sight reading. If they, if they sight read well, great. If not, like, well, you gotta really learn these charts. But if they had a, a set list of what they were doing yeah. rather than just randomly digging in this 300 pile of crap. Yeah, 300 is, is that's like conservative. Right. I mean, some of these giant books, books are like right. hundreds so and hundreds. So if yeah. someone would take, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes to come up with a set list, email it out, and let people plan for the rehearsal, then yeah. it would go so much better. But they don't, partially out of laziness and partially out of, I think, just this ego thing of like, they know the books and they want to make sure the new guy, you know. It's and that's kind of, there's sort of a tradition groups. like that. Yeah, I've done so many well, bad groups. wedding bands yeah. um, when I lived in Chicago and Buffalo and you go and, and they just call charts. And so it's more about your reading ability than your actual playing ability. Right, but I think uh, the better groups that I've played with that ended up making a lot more money, the band oh, leader yeah, is they, organized and gives prepare, you which, yep. prepare what you want to do. And so I think, yeah, knowing what you want to do and, and take someone taking some leadership, Supancher in our case, and deciding <laughs> what we're going to do before we get there. Yeah. So in the yeah. in the planning, what else do you plan for? What you're going to work on? Well, that was the first thing. And the second thing we sort of alluded to in that is that everybody should be ready to play their parts what? before rehearsal. You should not be learning your notes in rehearsal. And I say that as someone who kind of prides herself in really making sure that I don't let my colleagues down because I don't right. want to be the person who's fumbling over my part at a rehearsal. At the rehearsal, what I want to do is figure out how parts fit together, work out tuning, see if we're matching articulation, work on balance, to have discussions about these like- These are fun words. What, phrasing. Can we unpack what these words I know, mean? Yeah. We, did, we dug right into that last week. We started talking about phrasing. You know, this note, does this note like- is this note the beginning of the next phrase or is it the end of the previous phrase or is right. it kind of both? We were able to already in the first rehearsal get to that level of musicality in our discussion because we both could play the notes in the rhythms. And it wasn't, <laughs> oh wait, what do you have in this measure? No. Or what are you doing here? Because yeah. we obviously did some score study and We the had even done score study and score listening. Score study yep. and listening. Yeah, I know it. Listening was not my favorite part because uh, I'm not, it, yeah. we'll, we'll go in there. Yeah. But then that goes into, I think our, so the the planning, knowing what you're going to rehearse, and also making sure you've secured a space that's good for oh, it. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. And I know rehearsal a lot of times- one. <laughs> It's sometimes yeah. missed. Like, oh, yeah. I thought we had the whole this hour. Right. You know, I've seen that happen before. True. Somebody has to reserve a space, right. which you had done. Well, I got a friend that owns a recording yeah, studio, a and I was really like, hey, nice can we space. borrow it? And yeah. then he said no, and then I copied the key when he wasn't looking. <laughs> And he's so predictable. His alarms, I knew you were being kind of sneaky. His, his alarm Parked system the was super easy to figure out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ignore the beeping. Is it one, two, three, four? 
I don't want to go into it. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was his birthday backwards. He's so pretty. No, I'm kidding. Um, so planning and then the preparation part. And what I love is obviously, so like obviously learn your birds. Yeah. Have the, and I will say to the listeners, Sue Fincher, this is, I mean, it's not like the hardest piece in the world, but there's a lot of notes. There are some notes in there. There yeah. are a lot of notes. There in are there. lots of places to fall off the instrument. Right. Yeah. And Sue Fincher did not miss a single pitch the entire rehearsal. Jeez. Oh, I missed three. I didn't count. Three. Well, I didn't I did. notice them. I did. Three. You, you, oh. yeah, we had to stop. Yeah. What's interesting, oh, so I spent it. so much time. So in the preparation phase, let me give like what I did. I'm going to make a YouTube video on this. Okay. One. So oh, open, wow. up, open up the score. And there's these eighth notes moving things. In theory, that should not take a lot of practice. You should just be able to sight read that part. So I spent my time looking like, what are the hardest parts? And so two months ago, I started super slow with the metronome on these really hard parts. The last page is just tons of arpeggio. It yeah. wasn't nearly as hard, but not knowing that, I looked at it, analyzed it, played through it. was like, okay, cool. That I found the trickiest phrases, yeah, super slow, and I gave myself several weeks to get it up to tempo where I didn't sound like I was clinging on by you know for dear life. Yeah, don't you love it when you actually do the stuff you say you, you do? do? It was you actually well, do it. A lot of times I don't, but I did this time because, and this is a great reason for planning chamber groups or getting together with a colleague, is that sometimes if I make a fool of myself, I'm like, eh, it's not my preference, but it's not the end of the world. When I play with other people, I really don't like letting you down, which is not in the cards, not in the possibility for me, right? Um, which is why I don't do large ensembles anymore because I get panic attacks in the rests because I zone out and then I'm like, oh God, I don't know where I am. This is right. really boring, but I got to come at the right time or there's 50 other people that are going to be mad at me and I just want to go home. And so I don't do those things. <laughs> I understand. It's really stressful. I hate it. I had to do it to my doctor to get my uh, my assistantship money and to sit in these large ensembles playing like John Mackey and it's like 19 minutes long yeah. and I would zone out and then have these panics like, oh, I don't know where we are. Oh, they're going to be so mad at me. Yeah. And like, I didn't care if I made a fool of myself, but I didn't want to let the other people down. Right. So it was really stressful. Yeah. Because so you feel like it wastes other people's time. Right. Which of course it does. It does. It does. And so like, yeah. I don't mind wasting my own, I don't love wasting my own time. No, but me yeah, either. So yeah. that preparation <laughs> is, is remember, don't let down the other people. Right. But find the hardest parts of the piece, which yeah. there weren't any for Sue, and do this <laughs> I, in advance. There were some licks I practiced, Wally. <laughs> Nonsense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, no. I saw her print out the part while we were there. Oh, I did not. Yeah. As the ink was drying, she was nailing it. Yeah. And okay. it was like, Sue, slow it down. Sure, sure. Slow it down. It sure, can't be man. that fast. It doesn't need to be that fast. <laughs> so what I also loved in the planning process, having rehearsed with, uh, with Dr. Fancher here, was that not only does it like, okay, this part, uh, we have to get together. We have to play in tune. But yeah. you had thought in advance. Exactly. Are we going to lift on this note or are we going to push through to the next phrase? The Things like the that, opening yeah. was a really fun decision moment. Yeah. The opening is you're, which you're going to sing perfectly in pitch. D. Okay. Sing that first note. <laughs> D. Let's see if it's right. Hold on. Oh, no. It's not going to be right. I don't have perfect pitch, Wally. D. <laughs> oh, it was only a little off. Oh, that was D. Nice D. Yeah. yeah. So it starts on a concert E flat. <laughs> yeah. And so immediately off the bat, we're like, all right, are we, we're not just getting in the notes. We, you were even prepared in the, with the questions we had to answer. Is this note belong to this or is this a different affectation? And then what was really wonderful and so refreshing for me um, in rehearsal with you was you knew there's lots of places where there's a slur with a staccato underneath yeah. or a series of eighth notes with no slur. Right. And you were very clear, how were we going to interpret this? You had the questions and things to be worked out before we ever got in the room. Yeah. And I saw in your notes, it said, this, Wally's going to really bone this no. up. <laughs> and it said, we'll see what Wally does, L-O-L. 
and you, when you're in <laughs> your planning. So funny. Well, when I hear recordings of it, I'm always wondering um, if what what the relationship is between what the notation is and then what I'm hearing when mm-hmm. people interpret it. Not to judge, but I'm just curious to see how they interpret these different markings. And for myself too, when I'm playing these, okay, that's a different marking. A lot of this comes from Lundex being, Lundex was so particular about articulation. He was always saying, well, that's an accent. Oh, that's that's a tenuto. That's a staccato. No. That's menudo. <laughs> yeah, maybe minutia. <laughs> well, menudo, the 1980s boy band from oh, Brazil. Jeez. Yeah. I love it. Menudo? Come on now. <laughs> I'm not the only. I don't know. I'm looking around and anyone because like, I, I'm Larry, old. our producer, are you with me? Larry, Larry's nodding his head. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the control room. <laughs> There's no one else here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you know, but those are those are the things that that you always have to discuss when you play that piece and that you think about when you're practicing it. And it was so, you know, it kind of leads me into that next topic we were going to talk about that it was so easy and fun to have discussions about the music. Right. You know, and how are we going to do that? And I I had a way that seemed natural to me and made sense to me. But my attitude was, we can discuss this. And if you really feel strongly about doing it a different way, and unless I hate it, then I'm I'm happy to go with it. But you know, I think having an open mind and allowing other people to have a valid opinion about how things should go and not being too sure that you're right about everything. I mean, although obviously... I'm right about everything. Absolutely, I mean- <laughs> which is why I fell in, fell in line. You ever been in a rehearsal? So actually, I wanted one last thing on preparation. That was a joke, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> so one more thing about preparation uh, before we get, we, yeah. we get to oh, number yeah. three, respectful yeah. interaction or leave your ego at the door. Yeah. Secret number three. Secret number two. Uh, there's a couple other things we each had. We had our saxophone. We did. We had, had good reads. Oh, yeah, we did. We made sure that we knew which read was going to be okay for mm-hmm. rehearsal. We didn't just sit there trying reads during mm-hmm. rehearsal. We had it. I, we each knew which read we were going to use. Yeah. And then I did this slight psychological trick uh, where you neg your uh, duet partner. Uh, negating, neg- <laughs> it's a negative connotation, which makes them <laughs> think less about themselves subconsciously <laughs> than makes them think more of you. It's a dating tactic, I understand. <laughs> Jeez. But what I would do is like, oh, you're going to use that read? You just make little comments like that. <laughs> and then you gain, uh, you become the alpha. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kidding aside. But we, and, and, we, you, and you tune, you say, really? Like, you, oh. You, you well, think that's in tune? No. Like, oh, well, that's in, well, interesting. Which, which, uh, are, or, is or that just say like, oh, oh, did you just come back from Europe? <laughs> little Vienna tuning? Oh, it must tuning? have been cold outside in the car. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Is that if it's the meanest thing that anyone ever said to me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it, I was playing with the Tucson Symphony, and I wanted so good to play I, this sentence is you not wanted so. I wanted to play well. <laughs> you wanted to play good. Me want play good. Important. <laughs> My mentor Michael Hester, who was normally the first call oh, saxophonist with the Juice on Symphony, he was one of those like, "Hey, Wally, I'm I'm pretty busy. You want to take that weekend?" And it was just him being kind. He wasn't busy. He didn't have a life. And so I went. And so like I I you know like I was so and I was warming up at stage doing and I was playing some long tones. And yeah. The bass clarinetist like, and I was playing some long tones with vibrato. I was in the corner of the backstage, not bothering a solo. Everyone yeah. was warming up. And the bass clarinetist, alcoholic, walks up to me. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I got the last laugh. He lost his yeah. house in the divorce. Um, oh. Anyway, he, I'm kidding. I don't know what the <laughs> hell happened to him. But he walked up to me and he said, quote, you want to borrow my jumper cables? And I said, oh my God. why? He goes, uh, 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 uh. and then he walked away. And I was what like, jerk. yeah. 
Yeah. So, oh. But that made me work. No, I'm kidding. It was a terrible thing. But that was the worst thing that anyone had said to me. But what I said to you was, oh, it's probably really cold outside when you were a little, I'm kidding. <laughs> None of this happened. None of this happened. <laughs> but the preparation, our parts were printed in advance yeah. with the markers. And we also brought something else to rehearsal. <gasps> A pencil. A pencil. It's oh, amazing. I forgot about that in the preparation. Of course, we both brought, brought pencils. pencils. No, I don't mean to brag. And like, look, Dr. Fincher's done some great things in her career. And, you know, she's played with Branford Marsalis and major symphonies and blah, blah, blah. I brought two pencils. Yeah, you did. Um, and so I just, does that make me a better musician? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I just want to you make sure. You had my that, back just in case. I just want to make sure the listeners know that I was more prepared. Did I miss notes? Yes, but I had two pencils. You had two pencils. And that's important. You were ready in case I didn't have one. Yeah. Well, it's actually because I had a jazz rehearsal the week before. <laughs> and with those guys, I actually do print out the parts and bring me a pencil because they're, they're young guys. My guitar player, uh, sorry, super quick story. You have that dream. Oh, go for it, yeah. Where you have that dream that you're back in college and it's the day of finals, and you realize you have a final in the class that you forgot you registered and didn't go all semester, that's oh. a common nightmare. Oh. My yeah. guitar player actually did that. Oh, no. And, like, I got hives. Anyway, so for that group, yeah, oh. I do have, I have, like, what I call the sign or not rehearsal box. Yeah. Where I have all that stuff. But bring a rehearsal pencil as well. Well, you or know two. what? When I go to coach my student quartets mm-hmm. at that very, you know, low-level, insignificant poor school where I teach <laughs> sarcasm. Um, I very often make sure I have four or five pencils in my bag because uh, the guys, <laughs> they just don't bring their pencils. Some, not to st- stereotype about, yeah. yeah, so let's not. But No, like, let's yeah, not. <laughs> something, something about men under the age of 30. In oh, like- yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think the problem is that I bring pencils, so they know they don't need to bring a pencil because right. Dr. Fanta will have a pencil. <laughs> I know. And I got to admit, like, before my 30s, like, I was kind of that. Like, I was like, can I borrow a pencil? <laughs> can I borrow? Hey. I have hey. so many. You know you can buy these huge boxes of them. Mm-hmm. They're so cheap. So the, the secret to always having a pencil is just to have so many of them. Or Look at that. have your friends from Bakun Musical Services send you a whole, send bunch, you a whole bunch of, bunch of pencils, pencils when they send you some free mouth pieces. Yeah. It's good to be the king. Yes. All right. So <laughs> okay, preparation. Moving on. Moving preparation. On. Respectful interaction. What does that mean to you? Well. Jerk. <laughs> what does that mean to you, dummy? So, you know, I think it, it, if you just have, honestly have mutual respect between all the players in the group, then everything else takes care of itself. But, you know, don't yell at somebody, don't accuse somebody, be willing to, you know, hey, we're out of tune on that chord. I don't know exactly where I should be going with my pitch. Can we tune that? Instead of, dude, you're like so flat on that note. You know, you'll win a lot more, what's the expression? (laughs) Catch a lot more Flies, flies with, with sugar? Ha- Wait, honey than vinegar. I don't know. Why would I want to catch flies? Never mind. Right. Wait, it's, just, it's an <laughs> interesting question. That's a weird expression. Anyway, yeah. but, but, you know, if you're not together on something, say, oh, we're not matching articulations on that. I, I think I'm playing them shorter than you are. Um, how do we want to play that? Let's talk about that. But you can only say things like that if everybody feels safe and everybody seems feels respected because if you say the slightest little potentially critical thing to somebody who's feeling that they're not treated with respect in the group, they will take it. There's no way you're walking on eggshells all the time. If you have anybody in the group that doesn't feel like everybody else respects them. Right. And 
and then the defenses go up, and then you get into these weird um, resume exchanges where it's like, well, I really think we need to do it like that. And then the hackles go up and like, well, I mean, if you've seriously studied 19th century music and then they start throwing in what they know yeah. to make it. And like, I've been in situations like that. Yeah. It's just like, me want play better. Stop with fighting, y'all. Yeah. 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 So the mutual respect, I find something that goes a long way. And this is great because I, I can't stand jazz culture. In, as academia has made it in the past however many years we get together mm. and everyone has an attitude like what's that tune oh, I don't know the tune like what how's it going like, oh, I'll figure it out and like they've been practicing for 40 hours straight right okay but there's this whole jazz culture or you're kind of like uh, they call it vibing where you lean into someone and there's this uh, culture yeah. with pseudo wannabe professionals where they pretend like it's a real job where they actually treat each other very poorly I find classical mm. musicians much more welcoming which blows a lot of people's minds but yeah. it's unequivocally true in my experience you can't talk me out of that opinion that oh, jazz musicians are much yeah. more, I mean, excuse me, classical musicians are just much more chill. Jazz musicians have this weird vibing culture. But I found that in a couple times I've gotten with jazz musicians, I can completely disarm them by right after the first stop, like I listen, I just took them, they're like, oh my God, you sound so good. Yeah. And they're like, huh, huh? And then you can see this is like, is that allowed? Can he say that? I'm yeah. a happily married man. Wally, what are you doing? You know, yeah. and it's just like, no, I mean, you sound so yeah. that, that solo yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. What was that? That was so yeah, good. Would, yeah. And just yeah. look over and smile. And then like, okay, he's showing me respect showing them the the throat a little bit. Yeah. And then they don't feel the need to argue they, about everything. Yeah. And it just makes for such a more fun experience. And yeah. I find I'm happy to be the first person that say, man, I really stuffed that up. You sound great. Let me play it again and try to play more like you. And yeah. then immediately disarm them. Kill them with kindness. Get rid of the ego. Yeah. Get rid of the ego. Because Well, and when you hear somebody in your group, we're so we're so tuned into the things that aren't quite right or the things we want to make better. But when you hear somebody in your somebody in your group play a really good phrase, like you're in a quartet rehearsal and somebody like just plays a great melody, it's worth stopping to say, oh my God, that was so beautiful. I almost forgot to come in. Yeah. Or, or if you did forget to come in, use that excuse. You were playing yeah. so beautifully. I, I forgot to count. I have actually said this sometimes. you listening and be like, yeah. oh, I forgot to come in. Yeah. 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 And that makes people feel really good because we're all trying our best. You know, I think classical we musicians, yeah. we should be, classical yeah. musicians, I think, really all very much have an inferiority complex because there's so many people who play better than all of us. Well, that was hurtful. Why oh, would no. you say that to me? <laughs> but I mean, so That's the so point. I, I worked really hard. <laughs> Ouch. I was kind of speaking about myself. <laughs> what, it's funny. So I'm going to say something that I don't want anyone to take offensive if anyone I know is listening to this, but playing with you, I think you're one of my favorite musicians on the planet. So in sitting in a rehearsal with you, I have not been in a lot of situations in the classical context, in the jazz context, or the polka context, where someone was such a high-level performer that I looked up to for so many years of my life. And in that situation, you were also the kindest that I've ever worked with. And I think there's a great correlation. And some of the least competent players have been the most bristly and egocentric. And it reminds me of, and I'm going to compare you to Hilary Hahn. Oh, my. Uh, because okay. I mean, it's a good thing it's not a video. You can see me blushing Aww. now. <laughs> but this is just true. Um, but anyway, so that same mentor, Michael Hester, was playing mm, with the so symphony great. when uh, Hilary Hahn was doing the Tchaikovsky Concerto. Oh, wow. He obviously wasn't playing saxophone on that because there's a saxophone part. But yeah, they were also doing uh, Ravel Mazorsky. That's why he was there. So he was backstage, yeah. and of course, he just sat his butt down and watched the rehearsals. And he's got not the, an idiot. Got the fanboy. <laughs> right. And he was saying that she was so kind. And the Tucson Symphony, it's mm. it's a fine group. It's yeah. not world class. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, one of the best in the country. 
But it might very well be the best in Arizona, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But the yeah. point being, um, in, instead of just dogging, like, well, you guys need to do this. You get it. And I, we've seen, like, bristly soloists yeah. insult the orchestra. And she would just say, like, hey, I, I think we could all relax. And maybe it doesn't need to be so loud. Maybe we can just relax. And she was so kind about the yeah. way she needed everyone to quit playing so loud and be more sensitive to the soloist. But she did. It. This is all being relayed to me from Michael, that she just yeah. really did in such a kind way. It made everyone feel good about themselves and still got what she needed as yeah. a soloist. And it was one of those things where the, the the better someone is, the kinder they seem to be. Well, I have so much respect for you that I trusted that if I, you know, had a question about articulation that you would know that we have enough mutual respect. Right. That you would know I wasn't, like, it wasn't secret code for, Wally, I don't like the way you're doing <laughs> the articulation. You know what I mean? Like, there was no, That's like. That's an interesting note length. Yeah. I mean, there was no, it wasn't coded language. I felt like I could just be direct because I've been in so many groups not so many, but some groups where, you know, you have to tiptoe around so much. It's like, well, okay, we're not quite together on that. Um, maybe I'm a little late. Am I, uh, or you, maybe you're right. a little early. And, and and if you really could just say, hey, I think that you're a little behind on that fourth 16th there. So let, I wasn't. Just for the listeners, no, no I wasn't. I was, no, Wally no, totally was not. No, not on the fourth uh, But you know what third I mean? Third 16th, like, yes. You save a lot of time if you don't have to go through that right. whole, like, maybe I hama, 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 yada, yada, yada. That established mutual respect. We're not together there. I think you might be a little behind the beat, or maybe I'm ahead, you know, but can we do that again? Right. You know, you know but just depends on your comfort. But I was really comfortable just saying, you know, hey, can we do it more like this? Or, or, or asking you, um, do you think that note belongs to that phrase? Or do you think it, it's the end of that phrase? And not in a, how come you didn't know that, Wally? It should have been obvious way. But in a, like, what do you think? Because it could right. go either way. I could, I could hear it either way. And I don't really know which way we're going to do it. But those details matter. And I tell my students all the time, when I'm nitpicking on, like, upbeat, downbeat, where's the peak of the phrase? Where are you coming from? Where are you going to? Why are we going that loud? You know, what's the form of the movement? You know, sometimes they look at me like I'm nuts. Like, what's the difference? And I tell them, when there are two performers playing the same thing, playing all the right notes, all the right rhythms, all the right articulation, all the right dynamics, mm -hmm. in tune with a good sound, the difference between those two players is the one player who actually thought about what they're saying and what the phrases are, I mean, the shape of the phrases and which notes belong where and the purpose right. of each and every note, that player sounds different. It's a very different thing, and then hearing it before you play it with the preparation. Yeah. And what's really fun is when you have mutual respect, which all you got to do is start a podcast four years before the rehearsal, and that way you have that mutual respect. <laughs> no, oh, but, we knew people but, each other years yeah, before yeah. that. <laughs> but having mutual respect and, and setting people at ease, then you get to make these fun decisions without ego and battling and, and sniping. Yeah, and the and music gets a lot more fun and lot interesting. I, yeah. I cannot wait. So I, uh, my my dear friend Ben Blazen, who owns a recording Yay. studio, will be performing this with us and so recording cool. this with us. And I can't wait for him to get together and hear this with us because I think we've made such begun to make such cool decisions. Yeah. yeah. So respectful interaction allows yes. everything else to happen. Your your fourth your fourth secret patience. Well, I don't want to wait. What is the secret? <laughs> Tell me now. We're running out of tape. <laughs> patience. It might take more than one rehearsal to get it right and to be patient with each other. You yeah. know what I mean? So patience so, on all kinds of different at levels. At the end of the rehearsal, yeah. Sue gave me a sticker and a fingering <laughs> chart. See if you can get it right next time. Right. It was, it was a star that said great effort, and she printed out a fresh fingering chart for me. And I said, you know what? It didn't happen this rehearsal, Wally. Is this piece mostly in C major? Yes. 
<laughs> were you mostly not playing in C major? Yes. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. But the patience, meaning? Well, it's doing? gonna take us a few rehearsals to get where we want to be. Right. Or we could actually we could re- honestly we could record it tomorrow and it would be fine. Oh what God. I'm excited I'm so about, tired of rehearsing. Yeah. What I'm excited about is to hear, you know, what we get to in a couple more rehearsals and hearing it, but also patience with each other. Yeah. You know, if there's some things that that I'm not quite nailing yet or that I'm I'm not all the way matching the sound or the vibrato or whatever that I'm supposed to do, or there's some things, if there are some things, there was nothing out of tune, but if there was something out of no, tune. No, there were, there was, there was a moment, <laughs> I can picture it in my mind, yeah. um, the, is the top of the second page, and there was a note that I was just, I was not finding the pitch. Patience and maybe trust, me either, yeah, because we were just, because of the notes we were on, and you know we're going to have to tweak all that again when we get with the piano. Yeah. Because he's not going to tune to us. Well, we, we've made a pact. <laughs> Oh, he is going to tune to us? Yeah, no, no, we made the. <laughs> we, see, no, no, we were joking that, like, so we got it in tune, like. Oh, yes. And then we when, said ben, that, we that's said, right. when Ben gets together <laughs> and we play it, if she and if Sue and I are in tune, we're going to look at Ben like, oh, do uh, you tune the, the piano sometimes? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a joke. That's going to be the joke. Now, Ben, who is an obsessive about piano, he runs a YouTube channel called Inside Pianos, and he's oh, cool. a prolific piano restorer and dealer. Yeah. But he keeps the best of the best parts and pieces. Uh, and refurbishes his personal piano, which is yeah. a nine-foot, 1950s, I believe, Baldwin. It's mm. the same kind of Baldwin that Dave Brubeck played on. So beautiful. It's a beautiful piano, and he takes such pride in it. And so we have to be very careful that yeah. we don't joke about his piano. Okay. It would, it would be <laughs> soul-crushing to him. <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can criticize his tuning, though. Absolutely. <laughs> Please don't. He's such a dear friend. <laughs> and he is so sincere. Okay, we'll be patient yeah. with him, see? Yeah. I, ma- I made a joke about my recording skills once, and I said, look, man, I can hit the R key, meaning I can record like I right, know nothing. Sure. And, he, and, he, and he was like, he's like, well, I kind of hurt my feelings when you said it. I was like, no, 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 I was saying that I don't oh, know what yeah. I'm doing. And he was like, oh, okay. I was like, Ben, just assume I love you. Okay, yeah, yeah we're good. We'll so have we're gonna to establish nice to that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so patience, patience with, with each your other. Wally. Patience with each other patience and patience with, with the process. With the process, yeah. yeah. And it could I, take a while. And I think if you're coaching young groups too. Oh, yeah. Right. Have yeah. you ever been in, in a situation where the coach has said, you need to play better? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have. I have, definitely. In fairness, it was a rehearsal that I was ill-prepared, had a bad attitude, had a lot of stress going on. Mm. It was actually my mentor in the composer and ranger in the academy, Chad Eby. Oh. And he was running the rehearsal and he's like, you just need to play better. Oh, <laughs> it was just like dang. that exasperation. <laughs> and like, it was, you know, what, what I call Chadcasm. Sarcasm, yeah. but meaner. Well, you know what's funny about that? Every once in a while, and I always try to do it in a funny way, I'll take off my glasses and rub my eyes and I tell the students, this is what Fred Hemke used to do sometimes in the lessons if we just were not having a good day. And he would say, can't you play any better than that? Nope. And it was just like, whoa. Right. <laughs> but it was kind of, I said, so, you know, I'm going to just like leave it there, I'll say to my student. And let's let's move on. But <laughs> Have patience with your students. <laughs> yeah. Right. So- it was pretty effective pedagogy sometimes, I have to say. Because, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> just, do, you, do you know what I mean? Because sometimes, like, you're just, you really aren't doing, you're not bringing it. You're not bringing your A game when you go to your lesson every oh, it, time. Oh, it's been rotten. It's from, <laughs> it's from Bring It On, the movie. Yeah. You're going to bring it? Oh, it's been rotten. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, that's a way for a teacher to say, you know, I can't really 
help you, guide you, coach you, teach you to get better if you don't do your part and just right. practice and prepare for your lesson. But it's yeah. also important to know when someone has worked really hard and yes. give them the oh, high yeah. five. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. No, I would never say something like that to a student who had really worked hard. Oh, gosh. Unless it, I was by but accident and didn't realize. Some yeah. coaches and some people running rehearsals need to learn the art of patience. Yeah. Um, I not the toot toot moan horn, but I have some students that, that they're, I mean, they, they are like successful attorneys, physicians. Yeah. And, and the saxophone, it needs to be a positive fun thing in their lives. So I'm even of like, course, oh, yeah. you got to play better than that, man, or you're never going to enjoy what? your hobby. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your and hobby, you're, you're right, like, yeah. like these things like, man, you're not going to work. It's like, none of your students work anyway, Larry. I'm talking about a college professor, yeah, sure. a no-name college professor. Yeah. Like, man, you've been together, you're never going to be pro. None of your students are pros. They're all teachers. Shut yeah. up, yeah. you know? Just be nice. But in some of these, um, I had some students that had some real rhythmic difficulty staying with the backing track. And, you know, in, in my you know, initial relationship, oh, we needed to do this in the bud and, like, you know, let them know. And I found that um, a couple of the students, if I would just like, hey, this section right here, you nailed it. Let's try to make the mess more like this and really yeah. positive. And then, you know, uh, nine months, 12 months later, I see it happening. They didn't give up. They didn't get discouraged. Yep. And now it's happening. And my heart is singing. And yeah. if one of my students knows who they are that's listening to this, yeah. I'm super proud of you. Yeah. I don't want to call them out I mean, by name. There's, there's, but yeah. it's that, that patience knowing that they're Absolutely. trying their best. And if it's not happening, it's not about me. And not about like, oh, what if someone else hears them? And they see it. And like, no, no, no. Just like they are where they are on their journey. Exactly. Wally doesn't know what the side keys do. We need to be patient <laughs> with him. But that is exactly what I was going to say. We're all somewhere on this journey. Right. We're all somewhere. We're on the same journey or, you know. What might be different kinds of music, but the journey being learning to be a better musician, learning to be a better saxophone player. We're all on on that journey, and we're, we're all, all where we trying are. to cross the mountains and throw our soprano into Mordor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sauron's but, but, eyes looking. So at we us. have to be yeah. patient with ourselves too, and also we have to. We've said this many times before on this podcast. Try not to sit around comparing yourself to other people. They're on their journey. You're on your journey. We're all trying to get better. And and just because somebody's a better saxophone player than I am doesn't mean that I should stop playing the saxophone. There's room in the world for, like, lots and lots and lots of saxophone players. We don't yeah. need to feel like there's only one person who can be the best and the rest of us are meaningless. It's all meaningful. It's part of my life. Thank God for that. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's right. it's really so great to play a musical instrument and then to play together with other people and have rehearsals set up. That is so great for your playing because if you're preparing properly, you're really motivated by that rehearsal. Plan. Yep. Prepare. Leave your ego at the door. There you go. And have patience. Yep. Can we make the third one a P? Then it would be the four P's of a great rehearsal. Yeah. Plan, Planning, prep. Planning, prep. Uh, <laughs> Particip no, uh, <laughs> but partnership. Partnership. Partnership, maybe. Yeah. Um, There's got to be somebody out there screaming, screaming a word a that word starts with P, P to us, and like you guys, maybe they'll email it to us. Yeah. Uh, humility. <laughs> pro, we'll yeah. that. If you know the answer pro, to turning pro pro pro, yeah, it's and not patience. proactivity. It's uh, uh, synergy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll figure it out. If you know the answer, yeah. uh, email me, Wally at the Saxophone Academy. You know, they used to say car talk, you know, write, write it on a, you know, a $50 bill and mail it to me. <laughs> Wasn't it the car idea. talk guys that used to say the things like the that? Oh, oh, I miss yeah. them so much. <laughs> I do too. So it's so good to see you. It is so great to be back. We're on a regular rehearse schedule. A re- yes, release schedule. Are we, are. we good to meet next Wednesday? Yes. Then we will be releasing another podcast. Uh, big shout out to our editor, USM. USM. Who makes this all possible. He is the awesomest. You guys have a fantastic week, everyone. Any questions, we can dig it in the mailbag too. Ooh. Write us questions, send us yeah. questions. Uh, email me and then I forward it to Sue. Yeah. Uh, Wally at the saxophoneacademy.com. Awesome. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Go practice. Go practice. Go practice.